It was the best of times. It was the blurst of times. <laughs> A continuous flow of gags. I didn't know an hour and 25 minutes would be that long. Welcome to a new decade, a new year, a new episode of Cursed or Blessed. <laughs> I've forgotten how we do this. <laughs> this is a podcast that you listen to with your ears, and we're here with a new attitude. A good attitude? A good positive attitude of, yeah. of, of joy and wonder. Mm-hmm. And um, yeah, have a great year, honey bunches. That's a new thing I'm going to say all the it's time. It's a new thing. Actually, I'm not. It's a new catchphrase. Honey bunches doesn't sound right falling out of my mouth. It doesn't just roll off the tongue. No. Uh, so, sup, honey bunches. I'll get you. Like a, like a bloody accident. <laughs> honey bunches. <laughs> what movie did we watch this week, Elias? What movie didn't we watch? Well, we only watched the, when adjusted for inflation, highest grossing animation of all time. Is it really? Sadly, yes. That's unfortunate. We watched Disney classic Snow White. We went back to basics. We did. We went. We thought we'd capture that energy we had with Pinocchio and go back and watch an early Disney movie. Oh, how I miss Pinocchio. Yeah. When I picked this movie, I thought that I would. I had made a mistake. I thought I'd chosen something that was potentially too blessed because it's well regarded and I didn't really remember anything from Snow White and therefore I thought that there was nothing cursed enough. Other than the fact that there was a sequence where she's running through the woods that scares me. Yeah, I didn't remember anything from Snow White at all. I think I maybe only saw it once as a kid. Mm. It was never a favorite of mine. Yeah, we both realized while watching it that a lot of our memories from this movie come from the Sing Along a Disney videos. Yeah, and my Disney cassette tapes mm-hmm. that had two Snow White songs on them. Yeah. The classic catchy songs of Snow White that everyone just fucking loves. Yeah. What a movie. What a time. What an absolute classic. Oh my god. I didn't know an hour and 25 minutes could be that long. (laughs) I think I just, I like astral projected out of the room for the whole middle of that movie. There were elements where my eyes had fully glazed over and I was dreaming of sweet release. That's true. And then I felt guilty about it afterwards because I was like, wait, I should have enjoyed that because it was such a cultural uh, touchstone. And I explained to people today that I'd watched Snow White last night and I may not have enjoyed it. And they were like, but it's a classic. Everyone loves Snow White. And I'm like, really think about it. Like, really search your soul and think about it. Like, what about it is it that people love? And I guess the animation is... Pretty astonishing, given the time period. Given the time period. But then people were scared of that uh, video of the train coming towards them. The thing that we have to remember about history is that everyone in the past was stupid. <laughs> it's true. That's what that's what history teaches us. That's the first <laughs> slide, lecture slide of any history class. It's like that quote. <laughs> the past is a different country. They do things stupidly there. <laughs> From the go-between. <laughs> to now which is so good (laughs) which is just perfect but as i said we've got a good attitude this decade do we because i'm not seeing it well (laughs) okay what have we got here snow white is based on the fairy tales snow white Uh, who knows who started that it wasn't the brothers Grimm. those dirty uh, thieves of stories in the Grimm's recordings of it in german it's called sneevitchen Oh, I feel like a snee bitch. <laughs> um, yeah, that's the one where the witch uh, gets killed by having dancing shoes that make her feet dance until they fall off. I think that's correct. She dances herself to death. That, that definitely happens in one of the Grim Tales. There's also one where someone gets like rolled in a barrel down a, a barrel full of nails down a hill. Yeah. I don't remember really the which is which. Which which is which? Because one of them might be Cinderella. Cinderella has the stepsisters get their eyes pecked out by 
but but I think something happens to the stepmother as well, and that might be true. the barrel and the hill. That would be very severe. So yeah. I don't think that they deserve that. Mm-hmm. I mean, they've already cut off their toes. Yeah. Haven't they suffered enough? I don't like these versions, but I don't like the Disney version of Snow White either. It's it has no nutritional content. It's boring. It's like the Rice Krispies of fairy tales. Yeah. Snow White doesn't have a nose, which bothers me. She's like Voldemort, like she, pretty Voldemort. Yeah. She has it in profile, but not straight on, and it's very unsettling. <laughs> <laughs> and the the stepmother, the wicked stepmother is the same. Mm-hmm. Hey, you know who else can talk to animals? Voldemort. Yes, because he can talk. Snow White can talk to little birds, and he can talk parcel tongue to snakes. Mm-hmm. Snow White is the Voldemort of Disney. That's one thing they never tell you about J.K. Rowling is that she drew inspiration from Snow White's Disney version when designing Tom Riddle. Mm-hmm. Without a nose. Without a nose. The plot's right simple. Let's just fire through that so we're all on the same page. Mm-hmm. For those of you unfamiliar, <laughs> imagine, if you will that an orchestra is playing some beautiful music and we're opening a very large book with beautiful calligraphy inside. And the calligraphy says, Once upon a time, there was a girl called Snow White and she had an evil stepmother who had married into the family, we assume. Yes. The witch, let's just call her the witch. Witches be witches. Mm-hmm. Call a spade a spade. Call a witch a witch. Yes, yeah, she'd married into the family and then Snow White's father had died um, and the, the witch was what, renowned over the kingdom for her beauty, uh, the magic mirror that she had in the wall always told her she was the most beautiful one in the kingdom, uh, until Snow White grew up a little bit, and then the mirror turned on her and said that Snow White was the fairest in the land. Meanwhile, she just made Snow White be a scullery maid for the yeah. castle. Yeah. So Snow White is there just dicking around, singing to birds. Uh, taking water from the well, minding her own business. Mm-hmm. I don't think Snow White has an agenda other than being a nairhead. Mm-hmm. Yeah, the, you don't even get the general vibe that she's unhappy like you'd get at the beginning of, say, Cinderella. Yeah. Where she's also made to work as a maid after her father dies. So, Everything starts out great. Yeah, Snow White is fine. She's singing a beautiful song uh, to some pigeons and... Uh, then the prince overhears the song and bounds over the fence and starts singing too. And they sort of, in song, declare their love for one another mm-hmm. within a minute. Yeah, right away. Yeah, we right. don't want to sound like we're the first to notice that, that Disney does this. <laughs> but this also... is the most egregious of them all, I think. <laughs> yeah, this is the worst <laughs> one I've seen. They don't... It, it's not even done in that way that will happen in musicals where people are singing a song together and it's like showing that they're getting to know each other. They don't really even sing together. He just kind of sings at her. Yes. And she stops singing. She doesn't join in his song at any point. And she sings like this. <laughs> she has a terrifying voice. Snow White's a demon from hell. <laughs> She's got this high, breathy, sort of trembly voice. Uh, yeah, I could try to do it, but I wouldn't do it well. Someday my prince will come. Someday my prince will come. <laughs> One day we'll get through an episode without you doing a voice of a character. Ah. But it is not this day. <laughs> this is only, you know, uh, a mask for my voice acting profession that I'm trying to build. Right, right. I'm I'm trying trying to to get into cartoons. (laughs) (laughs) And this is your sizzle reel. This is my uh, Snow White. Mm -hmm. Oh, I'm so sorry for bothering you. Oh, you're such a pretty little bunny. (laughs) I'm sorry I scared you. (laughs) Snow White does a lot of apologizing for everything, including her own general existence. Yeah. And she should. Yeah. She commends me. I was annoyed by her. Yeah. Uh, We started this very early on being like, "Mm, the witch has a point. (laughs) (laughs) I think we made it about five minutes in, and then the witch is glaring down at her singing, and we were like, mood, though. (laughs) (laughs) Yep. So the queen observes this horror show happening in the courtyard. (laughs) 
and uh, calls in the huntsman, who I guess is an employee of the castle. I don't know. <laughs> He's a bit of a babe, though. Yeah. <laughs> He's the only one that looks like a person in this whole movie. He's a babe, by which he has a nose. <laughs> he has a nose. Um, and he, she summons him to take her out to the meadow to pick flowers. Um, and then while, while they're both there, he should kill her and bring her back, her heart in a box. Um, and the huntsman's like, uh, I don't know, this seems to be on my pay grade. Yeah. I not... hunt animals? And she's like, well, humans and animals, so. Yeah. So get out there. It's the most dangerous game. <laughs> <laughs> I'll give you a raise. Oh, will she? I don't know how the economy works. We'll get, this. yeah. We'll get to that. We'll get to that. Uh, so the, uh, the huntsman and Snow White go off to the meadow. She's picking flowers. He raises his sword to strike her down and then drops it. And it explains that he was sent to assassinate her. He can't bring himself to do it. And she should run. Run away, girl. Run. Run through the woods. Run. And it takes her quite some time to make the decision that she should, in fact, actually listen to that and run. <laughs> she say he shouts "run" like twenty times. Yeah, she's just like, oh, oh. <laughs> <laughs> just sort of dithering on the spot until eventually she decides that perhaps running would be a good idea away from the man with the dagger. Yeah. Um, and she does run, and there is, I think. The scene you remembered having scared you as a kid, I think is the best scene in the movie. Yeah. Her running through the forest and, like, the the tree branches are turning into hands and grabbing her and all these eyes are coming out from the trees. Yeah. It's really dynamic and interesting and the animation is really cool. I have a fun fact. Do tell me the fun fact. The scary bits in this movie, and I think this must be it because it's the only scary bit in this movie, um were designed to resemble the Nosferatu film. This is why I like and it. And also the Dr. Caligari. Dr. Oh, okay. I was almost about to call it Dr. Calamari. <laughs> We're film critics. Film. <laughs> <laughs> no, we just film observers. <laughs> there's critiquing and then there's just chat and shit. Um, so yeah, that's why it looks nice. That's, and... This is this is why I'm drawn to it. Yeah, it looks like the spooky vampire movie. <laughs> <laughs> is this maybe also the bits with the um, wicked stepmother in her like lab and? No, not quite. The stepmother no. is uh, at this point convinced that Snow White is a heart in a jar. No, no, I mean like the that are also made to look like Nosferatu. Ah, and probably yes. The the cabinet of Doctor Caligari is that mm, the name of the potentially. Film? And maybe the bit where the witch dies on that cliff. Mm-hmm. Oh, spoiler alert. The witch dies. Yeah. Sorry. She very conveniently falls off a cliff and a boulder falls on top yeah, of Yeah, no her. one actually kills her apart from nature. Yeah. Nature is the true hero of this. Anyway, let's... The nature gives it the old college try to kill Snow White at the beginning and That's save true. us this trouble. Yeah. Snow White eventually stumbles into a clearing um, and is crying, which is understandable. And then all the creatures of the forest gather around her. There are cute little raccoons and darling little chipmunks. And then she... And a turtle. And a turtle. (laughs) And she wakes up and says, Oh my goodness, I'm so sorry. I can't imagine what I was making such a fuss about. A man just tried to stab you. And then you had to flee your home. And the person that was your caretaker... you now know is trying to kill you. So you, you should be freaked out. Yeah, but she knows she's totally fine now. And I would just be ever so grateful if you'd show me somewhere that I could sleep. And I think that's the most obnoxious thing about Snow White is that she's so amicable. She's like she's totally fine with being the maid of the castle at the beginning, which is a fine thing to be, but... Not if... I think she's the only one working in this massive castle because we never <laughs> yeah. see any other people. She's wearing rags. She's and, like, maids don't usually wear rags. Yeah, they usually have a clothes. Uniform. Yeah. But she's fine with it. She's singing at the birds. And then she almost gets stabbed and then runs through the forest and has nowhere to live. 
and her whole life is in tatters, but she still has to be cool with it because we wouldn't want to be a bitch about things. You wouldn't want to be a, sn- a snee bitch. <laughs> <laughs> snee bitches get stitches. <laughs> yeah, so she uh, employs the help of the animals to find a home to live in forever, I guess. Mm-hmm. And they're like, sure, come this way. We know of a house where a human can live. Mm-hmm. And sure enough, there's a charming little cottage. And she's like, I'll knock on the door to see if anyone's in. Oh, no one's in? All right. Breaking an entry. I'll do this. This is my home now. Mm-hmm. I'm sure they won't mind. And then there is the first of many very long montages <gasps> where she and the animals clean the house. And by that we mean mostly the squirrels do it. Mostly they have a gimmick where the squirrels use their tails to like sweep up cobwebs and... And dust. And wash the dishes. Also, the deer are like licking the dishes clean, which I think is gross. It's very gross. And it just, it goes on. Yeah. Just like keep that in mind that it is quite lengthy and it's noticeably lengthy. Yeah. Uh, and then after that point, she decides she's going to go take a nap, I guess. She notices in the house that there are seven of everything, so seven beds, seven chairs, and she says, oh, there must be seven little children living in this lovely cottage. Mm-hmm. I wonder what their names are. And it's, well, the names are all written on the beds. Yeah. And um, she, she falls asleep laying across three of them. Which I remember saying was funny last night because... We have so many chairs in our little flat. It's only a two-person flat. We have, like, enough to sit... We had 15 rounds for that party. Yeah. And I think we had spare chairs downstairs, so probably 18. Yeah. So Snow White came in here, being a dumbass, to be like, Oh, there's 18 little children living in this darling apartment. (laughs) Instead of... Two idiots of the podcast. Oh, they drink a lot of beer. Children shouldn't be drinking beer. I wonder what led them to that. <laughs> Do the dwarves have a podcast? <laughs> Dwarfcast? Will they talk about mining? <laughs> oh, they dig, dig, dig for a good story. She falls asleep, uh, but not before leaving a pot of stew on the hob downstairs. Yeah. While being asleep. And leaving all the candles lit. What an idiot. Yeah. We then cut straight to the mine to meet those beloved dwarves. And uh, when we were watching this, I was like, good. I can't wait for there to be more characters because the three we've met, the four we've met so far have been awful. Yeah. But that was soon lost. Yeah. Uh, I don't like the dwarves that much. Nope. They're singing a little mining song called Dig, 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 Dig. Mm-hmm. <laughs> Which goes like, Dig, 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 for 15 minutes. And we get to watch their whole mining operation and them, this, we'll talk about this when we talk about the economy, but they just. Chuck all the diamonds they're mining into, like, a shed, and then (laughs) lock it, and then hang the key on a hook beside the shed door. Plus, they leave Dopey in charge of doing that. Yeah, they leave Dopey in charge of locking the door, which he does, and then hangs the key beside the door, and they've just got a shed full of diamonds, and it's unclear to me where those are going. Yep. Or the, what's being done with them. The mine is the sparkliest thing you'll ever see with your own two eyes. They have hit pay dirt in that mine. They don't even need to look. Yeah. They, it's amazing. There are so many diamonds of all different colours. They've come out perfectly cut somehow. Mm-hmm. They're not just chunks of rock. Mm-hmm. It's really amazing. So you must be like, wow, these dwarves must be loaded. They must live in a mansion. No, they actually live in a house that Snow White has found. Who'd have thought? Yep. They get back to their humble abode and they notice that someone is inside and they spend maybe like a week's worth of our time (laughs) into the audience trying to figure out how to approach this demon that's living in the house. Yeah. It takes them ages to decide to go inside the house and then ages longer to realize that it's been cleaned and then even longer to go upstairs to talk to her. And every time they're deliberating something, 
each of them has to say something just to drive home the point that they've all got a different thing. We've got Doc, he is in charge, and he has a stutter. Mm-hmm. We've got Grumpy, who's grumpy and also a misogynist. Mm-hmm. We've got Dopey, who can't speak and is implied to be stupid, mm-hmm. which I think is bad. Yeah. And you've got Sneezy, who sneezes. You've got Sleepy, who sleeps. Bashful. Who bashes. <laughs> and Happy, who has very few lines. But he smiles. But he smiles. It really does cover the full spectrum of human emotion. Yeah, that should be what the seven Hogwarts houses were. (laughs) (laughs) That should be the characters in Inside Out, Inside the Girl's Brain. (laughs) Except one of the... One one of the personalities is just sneezing. (laughs) This should be the new Myers-Briggs. What type are you? Oh, I'm I'm an INTJ. What type are you? Oh, I'm sneezy. one in this workplace <laughs> uh, yeah so they're in insu- they're unsuffable mm-hmm. um, and then they finally make it to the top of the stairs and they realize that it's not a demon it's a woman which according to grumpy is the same thing and then they wake her up they slowly figure out that she's a princess and, and they don't care and Snow White does not care that there are seven adult men yeah. staring at her as she wakes up. And she doesn't, she's not apologetic at all for just, like, invading their house. She just guesses all of their yeah. names and is like, I live here now. And if they were annoyed about it, then she, she soon puts that to rest. She's like, I'll be the perfect housewife. I'll clean, I'll sweep, I'll polish and tidy. Which is, just say clean. Mm-hmm. Don't say four things, just no. say clean. I'll cook gooseberry pie. And they're very hyped that she can cook because, I don't know, they haven't been eating up to this point. They've been doing microwave meals. Yeah. Yeah, in their, their tiny Did little... Did you not see the raccoon cleaning out the inside of their microwave? <laughs> They've been, like, doing soups in there and the soup had been splattering around. It was gross. Yeah. Just congealed soup. <laughs> in the oldie microwave. <laughs> Were you glazing off in that bit? I must have been. Yeah. Yeah. That's the little detail I clocked. Yeah. Um, there's another, I think the bit where you, I don't know if you just, like, passed out or what happened (laughs) is the bit that's coming, coming up after this when she says that she's made dinner but they have to go wash before dinner and there's just a protracted (laughs) argument about whether or not they're gonna wash and then a protracted scene where they go out to the trough full of water outside and learn to wash only their faces. Only their faces and hands. And Grumpy doesn't want to wash, but we want Grumpy to wash. And there's a song that's awful. And then they throw Grumpy in the wash basin. And it goes on. I think my heart may have stopped. <laughs> it goes on for a hundred years. <laughs> I'm... I live many lives during it. <laughs> and I can't remember most of them. Yeah. I genuinely... I just, I just think... My brain stopped working. (laughs) Somewhere around the third time someone dropped a bar of soap and they had to go chase after it. (laughs) As it bounced along the ground like it was made of rubber. I just completely shut down. (laughs) You know what? I was so annoyed that I didn't actually shower last night or this morning. (laughs) I was like, I'm not participating in this heinous activity. <laughs> Don't tell me what to do. Don't tell me what to do. Snow White has moved into my house telling me what to do. I'm going to stay dirty, thanks. <laughs> me and my 18 roommates. <laughs> <laughs> um, so then the queen consults a magic mirror and finds out that Snow White is actually alive. Um, which you kind of already knows because... Just for some reason, she's, she's clocked that there's a pig's heart in the box and not a real heart. Um, and that the huntsman did her dirty. And she's like, which powers activate? <laughs> <laughs> That's the sound of her. Which powers activating? She's a transformer. Like, <laughs> yeah. This is Disney's Snow White directed by Michael Bay. <laughs> <laughs> the Metatrons are coming for you, Snow White. <laughs> it's the Decepticons. Who's Megatron? 
I think he's the leader of the Decepticons. Isn't Optimus Prime? I think he's the good one. One of them's called B. I don't know that one. Um, he's a car. <laughs> I don't. I don't. Know. I would much rather watch Transformers. Yeah. Damn. Next Shia time. LaBeouf, Megan Fox. Yeah. All those cars. We could sing the Shia LaBeouf song. We could sing the Shia LaBeouf song. But no, instead we have to watch all which powers activate. So she goes down to her creepy, creepy dungeon and uh, rifles through her evil books, including astrology, dark <laughs> arts, dark magic, potions, and a really big book called Disguises. <laughs> and she picks Disguises. I really wanted her to pick astrology and just be like... <laughs> Oh, nope, the stars say, can't go after Snow White today. And then just, like, come back the next day. <laughs> hey, speaking of star sign, it's Capricorn season, goat fish, baby. <laughs> <laughs> That's a goat noise. <laughs> All the other Capricorns, I see you. <laughs> um... You just wait. Next month, it's Aquarius time. Oh no, we're all gonna get drowned. It's That's war- fine, I'm a goatfish, I can swim away. It's worm time, baby. Okay. <laughs> it's worm time, baby. Okay. Um, <laughs> I once had a really long discussion with Cassandra, um, my roommate from last year. If you're listening, Cassandra, hey! Um, and we were talking about what if all of the, <laughs> the star signs... We're in the Hunger Games. What? Which would win the Hunger Games? If all of the star signs... Oh, the... Like the, got the, a, like the myth they represent. So if you're like Sagittarius, you're a, a, um, a, a centaur, centaur with, with a, a bow and arrow. Yeah. And if you're a Capricorn, you're a goatfish. Mm-hmm. If you're Gemini, you're twins. Mm-hmm. If you're Pisces, you're just a fish. Mm-hmm. And then there's other ones that are more tricky. So Libra is just like an inanimate set of scales. <laughs> I mean, it would be hard to lose the Hunger Games if you're inanimate because you can't die. Yeah, so Cassandra and I, this was on a bus journey. We were having a long debate about which would win. And she was giving me basic answers like, oh, the lion, Leo, the lion will win. Or um, the, the centaur because they're strong and big. And I'm like, no. It's Scorpio, right? No, you're wrong too. Virgo. What's Virgo? The Virgin. Here's what you do if you're Virgo. You have sex. And then you don't have to participate anymore. <laughs> you're no longer Virgo. Yeah, you're not a, long, you're not a Virgo any longer. Mm-hmm. Um, so you seduce one of the twins. Exactly, exactly. That's what <laughs> I said to Cassandra. Yeah. So let's see. The Hunger Games, it takes place over many days. The Gemini, if they're being clever, um, are going to take turns sleeping and keeping watch Mm -hmm. so they can get rest Mm -hmm. but also stay protected from Scorpios. Right. Uh, Of which there is only one, but it's, you know, Mm -hmm. small and could get you when you're asleep. Enter the Virgin, Mm -hmm. comes up to one of the Geminis and is like, hey, you're not not busy? I'm not busy? Let's bonk. And then they do, and then the Virgin gets saved because of the bonking. So then gets extracted airlifted out of the now that doesn't mean the virgo wins a hunger game but they kind of do well what if um scorp the scorpion kills both of the gemini before virgo can get to them well the thing is then she's got a choice of everyone else there i guess aquarius is a person centaur's half a person centaur you've got (laughs) you can't do anything with the scales really let's not dwell too much on this (laughs) (laughs) Um, that is to say, the witch chooses a book that says disguise instead of the astrology book. That's what we were talking about. <laughs> wow. <laughs> we really love Snow White. Yeah, I can't, can't think about it enough. <laughs> there were definitely events that happened. Um, the witch turn or poisons an apple and then, or no, she turns herself uh, into... An old woman as her disguise, and she poisons an apple and goes out in search of Snow White. Because the mirror snitched and told the witch where Snow White was staying. Yep. Um, and then we go back to, cut back to Snow White. There's a raging party. They're having a raging party that goes on, again, for quite some time. And They managed to sneak in uh, a racism 
Yes, they do. There's a racism in the dance that we won't explain, but there is one in this movie. Mm-hmm. And... In the morning, they... Oh, no, not before. But So, they all go to bed, but they let Snow White take all the beds upstairs, even though she was only sleeping on three before, mm-hmm. and all the dwarves sleep downstairs, and they all snore, and we have to see each of them snore in their own comical way. Yeah. Like, at least five seconds each. Yeah. There's seven of them. That's a lot of time. That's a lot. It's too much. That's like one hour. It, yeah. Um, seven sunlit days. <laughs> <laughs> the next morning, they're all going off to work. And they're like, Snow White, don't let anyone in. Don't, because you might get killed by a witch. And she's like, I'll be very careful. Don't worry, my sweet darlings. Have a good day digging. And then she kisses them each on the head, and this is also a protracted montage. Yep. Then Snow White is making a pie, and the witch comes by. A gooseberry pie. A gooseberry pie. And offers her an apple. And... Fakes a heart attack. Fakes a heart attack, and Snow White invites her in. All the animals are like, no, don't do it, it's a witch. Because at this at this moment, we've now chosen for Snow White to no longer be able to perfectly understand what the animals mean. Because <laughs> the animals don't talk. We, the audience, cannot understand what they're saying. But Snow White, before this point, seemed to perfectly understand them. Yeah, she was having full-ass conversations with them. Until this moment when they're trying to warn her that the old woman she's helping is actually the witch. Yeah, so Snow White invites her in, sits her down, makes sure she's okay, and then the witch gives her the apple, she bites it, she faints. And the animals go try to warn the dwarves, and the dwarves come back, and they find Snow White on the ground, and then they chase the witch up a cliff, and she falls off and dies. Yeah. They don't even get to kill her. Mm-hmm. Um, and they had all those pickaxes. Yeah. Waste. Complete waste. All the witch did was, like, get killed for being clumsy. Yeah. The witch did nothing wrong. <laughs> <laughs> and then we have some more calligraphy that explains that the dwarves didn't want to bury Snow White. Because she was so beautiful even in death, which is a bit of a creepy phrase. Yeah. And they put her in a glass coffin. And then the prince, who had apparently been searching far and wide for Snow White, which, like, she didn't go that far, so... She was running for, like, a minute. He's not a very thorough searcher. (laughs) Considering, too, that the Wicked Queen got from the castle to the dwarves' place in less than a day. Yeah. So she and can't she's moving slowly because yeah. she's old. She can't be that far away. Anyway, and then, yeah, the, the narration reads that the prince has been looking and then he has found her. And then we cut back to the actual animation. And the prince shows up and for some reason opens the glass coffin and kisses her on the mouth. He doesn't know that this curse can be broken by true love's first kiss. Yes. We, the audience, know this because we saw it in the spell book. Yeah. But nobody else knows that because the witch is dead and never told anyone. So he doesn't know that this is going to do anything, but opens the glass coffin to kiss her anyway. Um, And then she wakes up and immediately, immediately Immediately. says goodbye to all the dwarves and rides off on a horse with the prince. Maybe because she was awake the whole time but in a coma, so she knew they were just, like, looking at her in a case. Mm. And if that were the case, (laughs) if that were the case for me, I'd be like, I'm out of here, Mm -hmm. you little perverts. (laughs) (laughs) Looking at me be dead for a year or however long it was. Yeah, I don't know how long it was. And that's the end of the film. What's interesting to me this is like it's a fairy tale quite a short tale only a couple of pages in a brothers Grimm anthology normally when you're making a feature film out of a short short story like that you just add a couple plot threads yeah not today (laughs) you Um, have an evil grin on your face and i really hope this means you're going to tell me the rejected plot threads for snow white yep Okay, so this was Disney's first feature film. He was just fucking around with Mickey before. Mm-hmm. I think Steamboat Mickey. Was it Steamboat Willie? Steamboat Willie. Um, and then a bunch of shorts. Yeah, but this was the first long, big budget one. Um, and basically the writing was done via, like, board meetings. It was a collaborative thing. Mm-hmm. And there was a group of Disney and his friends 
who they had so many ideas they were told they had to pare down and some relate to the dwarves maybe i'll like start with that (laughs) hit me with them so in the original fairy tale they don't go to the lengths of naming the dwarves there are just seven of them Mm -hmm. hey and i think i remember one of the origins for the story one of the deep dark deep dark origins from norse mythology right um I think it's something like Freya wants some beads. She wants like a nice beaded necklace made of like amber or something mm-hmm. that some dwarves have made and there's like seven of them. Mm-hmm. And they're like, you can't have it. This costs loads. And she's like, I really want the necklace. And they're like, okay, but you've got to sleep with us. Mm-hmm. And then she says, okay, and does it and gets a necklace. That's like an origin of the story. That would be a better movie. It would be, wouldn't it? <laughs> <laughs> Um, so, uh, Disney wanted to characterise the dwarves some more because he thought that people wouldn't be interested in the fairy, fairy tale aspect and he wanted the dwarves to do japes because he thought they were funny. Right. So, he thought of the names that he actually gave them in the end, but here are some of the other ones. There were about 50 potential names. Amazing. Including okay. Jumpy, <laughs> Deffy, as in can't hear Deffy, Dizzy. Hickey. I'm sorry, what? <laughs> Hickey the dwarf. Wheezy. Baldy. Gabby. Nifty. Nifty. Sniffy. Swift. Lazy. Puffy. <laughs> stuffy. Tubby. Shorty. And burpy. Wow. <laughs> Tag yourself, I'm Gabby. <laughs> I'm Wheezy. <laughs> um, but yeah, he settled on the, the seven that he chose. It's interesting then that from early in the process, the brainstorming was we're just going to name them their traits. It wasn't like these are the seven dwarves Paul, Roland, <laughs> John, Paul, Ringo, and George. And <laughs> <laughs> Bono. And Bono. <laughs> That's really interesting. Gabby, I've heard people could be called Gabby. Yes. About Swift. That's the surname of Taylor Swift. <laughs> Jonathan Swift. <laughs> but yeah, they really wanted to focus on like all the dwarves doing japes. And that's why we have so many long bits of them snoring or washing or trying to find the demon in the house or digging. All the digging. Mm-hmm. But they had loads more footage that they actually drew and animated that had to be cut because it added too much of it onto the runtime, including a long meeting between the dwarves where they debate what gift to give Snow White, and another long bit where they carve a bed for her. Yikes. Can you imagine the movie that we watched with those two extra bits <laughs> on there? I think I would have just died. <laughs> um, <laughs> but they... This was, yeah, on the, um, the webpage says... Um, this would have been a continuous flow of gags. Is gags the right word for anything that happened in the movie? Um, no. <laughs> no. I don't <laughs> think it is. And is it just our modern sensibilities? Well... Are we too hip for Snow White? What's happened to us? I don't remember I don't remember watching any of this as a kid, which makes me think that I didn't like it and just blocked it out of my memory. Yeah, I don't remember watching it either. But I know I saw it at least once. Yeah. But I have memories of other movies from this era. Like Pinocchio. Like Pinocchio. I had more memories of Pinocchio. I had more memory I have more memories of like Sleeping Beauty. Yeah. And Cinderella. Yeah. And well, Beauty and the Beast is later. Um, and cursed as they are, I sort of remember Peter Pan and Dumbo. I do as well. This is a very nondescript. Mm-hmm. And yet, the most parody Disney princess movie, I think. Yeah. Like, I think all of the Disney princess um, hot take pieces, like Shrek and like yeah. Enchanted, for example, seem to be predominantly drawing off of Snow White 
movie imagery. Yeah. Like, with the animals cleaning and falling in love with the prince straight away. Mm-hmm. I feel like I want to give credit to Cinderella and Sleeping Beauty, because at least they have, I think they have conversations with their princes beforehand. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, you know, there's chemistry. Yeah, uh, I think Sleeping Beauty and her prince have a whole, like, song number together. Yeah. And they dance together. And then... Cinderella and the prince, like, talk all night at the party. Mm-hmm. And it is, like, it's rapid, but it, it at least follows the logic of musicals. Yep. Where they, like, sing a song together and now we know each other. And do you want to know the sad thing is that there was a, there was a whole abandoned prince plot. What was the prince plot? Kind of long. Okay. So in the original right, after killing Snow White, the queen has a prince captured and taken to her dungeon and asked him to marry her, and he refuses. And then she uses magic to bring the dungeon skeletons to life, making them dance for him and identifying one skeleton as Prince Oswald. Oh. An example of the more humorous atmosphere of this original story treatment. Okay, I... dancing Prince Oswald would have been funny. I would have enjoyed that. With the prince refusing to marry her, the queen leads him to his death. One sketch shows the prince trapped in a subterranean chamber filling with water as she makes her way to the dwarf's cottage with the poisoned apple. Wait, hang on. This webpage has got it twisted. Because mm-hmm. um, apparently, No, this is after her. killing her as in sending the huntsman after Snow White. Ah, yes. This is after yeah. the first attempt. So then she goes with the apple. The forest animals are there, the prince breaks out, and the animals try and help the prince escape the queen's minions and find his horse. The prince was to ride to the cottage to save Snow White, but took the wrong road, despite warnings from the forest animals and his horse, whom he, unlike Snow White, could not understand. He, therefore, would not have arrived in time to save her from the queen, but would have been able to save her with love's first kiss anyway. This plot was not used in the final film. That would have been better. It would have been, right? Cut out all the stuff with watching the dwarves snore. Yeah. And add in this good action stuff. Because it makes it seem like the prince cares. Yeah. And it adds more motivation for what the queen was after. Yeah, because she does seem very angry when Snow White and the prince are singing together. And I do remember being confused by that because I, I... it didn't seem like she was interested in the prince. It didn't seem like the queen needed anything. She was already in control of the kingdom. Yeah. Let's talk about the economy. Yeah, I think we have to. Um, how does it work? How many people live in this kingdom? What is this kingdom? Where is it? Why are there raccoons? She's wearing clogs and there's raccoons. Those things don't exist on the same continent. And there's a beer stein in the window at the dwarves' house. Yeah. It's... We barely see any people in this kingdom, and we also, the dwarves also have their diamond shed. And if they're not going to sell the diamond, then why work? Why have a working song for all that working? Yeah, and I mean, the the natural assumption then would be that the dwarves work in the mine but do not own the mine, but we never see who's in charge of the mine. No. Like, is it the queen? We have no evidence of that. Do the diamonds belong to the state? Yeah. Are they... Who... Why are they not rich? Are diamonds just kind of worthless in this universe? They could be. I mean, there were a lot of them, and it's scarcity that drives up the price of diamonds. Yeah. So if you're just pulling perfectly cut diamonds out of the ground... Yeah. We don't know how big the Queen's Dominion is, or what Snow White's father was doing. Is he dead? I think he is. There's, yeah, yeah, they never actually say, and there's a bit in the fairy tale at the beginning where it's, like, there was the king and the queen, and they were happy, and they wanted a child, and the queen wanted more than anything to have a daughter, and she's sitting at the windowsill talking to a raven, and she pricks her finger, and the blood falls in the snow, and she says she wishes for a child with, um... Lips as red as blood and skin as white as snow and hair as black as a crow's wing, something like that. Yeah. Um, and then she's gifted with the child, but then she dies in childbirth. Yeah. And then the king remarries, and then he dies. None of that is in the story here. No, we don't know. I, I, we assume the father is dead because he probably wouldn't be chill with her being a scullery maid. Yeah. But we don't even find out until a little bit into the movie that the queen is her stepmother. 
Like, it's not immediately clear that's who she is. No, it's not written in the calligraphy at the beginning. And they should have kept this prince storyline where she kidnaps a prince and gets him to marry Mm. her. Because then that would suggest that she is looking for power Mm -hmm. and to join two kingdoms instead of the, the Snow White to do that. Yeah, it's it's her motivation is really unclear and there is the sort of she wants to be the fairest in the land thing, but it just I mean it's obviously very thin. We're not yeah. the first people to notice that, but it it feels thin in the plot. Yes. It's very unclear what she wants or how what she's doing will achieve what she wants. I think she's just bored. Mm. Who can blame her? Yeah. There's no one else in this universe. There's no one else exists. The only thing to do is to collect diamonds. There's the seven dwarves, Snow White, the prince, the queen, and the huntsman. That's 11 people that we and see. And all of the darling little animals. And all the darling little animals. But that's there's only 11 people at all. There's no background people. No. Like, think Beauty and the Beast, you start with the song Bonjour, and it's the city, the town is full of people, and yeah. like, not all of them have speaking roles or anything. But they exist, and they're there, and it's just a, it's, it's, there's an economy. There's a clear economy. There's a clear, there goes the baker with his tray, like always. Like always. Um, the same old bread and roll suckers. It's a communist state. <laughs> He's not allowed to switch it up. Uh, but there, there is a very unsettling lack of people yeah. in Snow White. And there Maybe were, this is like post-apocalypse. Yeah. There were more people in Pinocchio because there was all those boys on the island. There was a town. They lived in, in, a, in a town. Yeah. And there was an economy of boys. <laughs> <laughs> Someone was making all that beer they were drinking on, the, on yeah. Pleasure Island. I mean, I'm not trying to force capitalism on this. No. Or anything. It just isn't very good world building. I'm sorry. It doesn't seem to function as a world. Yeah. It's very perplexing what anyone wants because it's unclear how the world works. You know what the door should have done? They should have got Snow White to come with them to the mines because she is so much taller than them and probably stronger and therefore would be the best diamond collector. That would be a very different story. Yeah, I would enjoy that more. But she'd feel fulfilled. Yeah. And she wouldn't have to just be cooking and cleaning all the she time. She could make her own fortune. Yeah. Yeah. Unless, like, is the, what she was doing, because she didn't seem to mind being a scullery maid, and she and seemed to enjoy cleaning the house. Does she just like to clean? Does she need to start a cleaning business? Yeah. Go, like, live on her own and just... And go house to house when there's no houses? Yeah. There's no houses. Yeah, that's the thing. So, it feels like, on the one hand, I feel like I don't want to complain about this movie being so reductive. But it's not that far away in time from other Disney kids movies where women had agency. Yeah. She has none. And she, well, even, the, the only really choice she makes is helping the Wicked Queen when it's like she's having a heart attack when she's an old lady. Yeah. And then she gets punished by the story for doing that. Like, oh, the dwarves told you not to let anyone in and you were nice and helped an old lady having a heart attack. So death for you. So it's a very odd story. It's difficult to tell what the moral is. She's kind of just... stand near loose boulders. Yeah. (laughs) She's... Snow White is just buffeted around by the narrative. And that's not unique to her, but it's really obvious in this story. Yeah. She doesn't even seem to have the illusion of making any choices. No. And you can sort of tell that from the information I had about the writer's room. They're more interested in characterizing the dwarves Mm -hmm. for entertainment value. Mm -hmm. Which would have been a fine distraction if they were entertaining, but they're really not. No, they're not. It's interesting with the how Disney has this sort of like collection of princesses that they market, mm-hmm. and some are obviously more popular than others. Is Snow White anyone's favorite? Like they have Snow White merch, yeah. and you can meet Snow White at the parks, but she's not. I feel like Cinderella has got more going on. Cinderella tends to be the focal point. Yeah, she's like the flagship princess. Yeah, and then you've got the cool new sexy princesses of today times. Mm-hmm. Um. Like, the Frozen princesses who, like, do a bunch of stuff. Yeah. And, like, Rapunzel has, like, a bunch of talents and hobbies. Mm-hmm. And, like, Mulan is 
cool and has agency. And Merida is cool and has agency. And like, say what you want about their interestingness, they do stuff. Yeah. And yet they're still. I don't know what my, I don't know what my point is. It's just that even a lot of the classic ones have more going for them than Snow White. Yeah. Um, yeah, I don't. It's been too long since I've seen Sleeping Beauty to speak to that one because I think that's probably the closest to having not a lot of agency in what's happening. Yeah, because she's asleep for a lot of it. Yes, but for being awake and coherent throughout this entire plot, Snow White has no narrative agency. <laughs> Um, and at least in Sleeping Beauty, there are, like, other women in it who are moving the plot around. But yeah. even, like, you get the sense that Maleficent in Sleeping Beauty wants stuff. She's yeah. vengeful and petty, but, like, I understand her motivation. Yeah. Whereas the evil queen in Snow White, I don't really get what she's after. No, she's just kind of evil just because she can be. Yeah. Which is your favorite dwarf? Oh my god, I don't know. Um, okay, which is your least favorite dwarf then? That might be easier. Mine's bashful. My least favorite is Sneezy, because everything he does takes the longest. That's true, and it's also gross. Yeah. He like, he, he's like an airbender, but with his nose. Yeah. He sneezes and he pushes them all back. Mm-hmm. Um, it's disgusting. Uh, bashful I don't like, because he's just pathetic. <laughs> he's pathetic. <laughs> I hate him. I don't know if I have a favourite. Apparently the fan favourite is Dopey. Really? Who has a voice actor? Why? I don't know. He doesn't speak. I think... I think maybe Happy is my favourite because he has almost no lines. (laughs) And doesn't take up any time. Yeah. At all. I think maybe Sleepy's my favourite because that's how I felt watching all the dwarf scenes. (laughs) (laughs) It's difficult to pick apart, like, favourite and least favourite human characters, though. Yeah. I The Huntsman, I guess? Maybe. Because he makes a moral choice. He has some he depth. Does. He does. He disobeys his queen. He has thoughts. He has five lines. And four of them are the word run. Yeah! <laughs> I, I'd agree with you that I think I like the Huntsman the best. The prince could have been funny. If he was, like, brave but refused to listen to the animals, that could have been funny. And the yeah. whole, like, skeleton Prince Oswald thing, that could have been funny. Yeah. Um, but no, the prince doesn't. It's, just, it's sad, because in a pantomime, I, I played the prince in Snow White mm-hmm. one time. Mm-hmm. Uh, for all the North Americans listening, that's the show. <laughs> it's like a, a fairy tale musical that we've put on here in uh, the UK. And it's like a comedy fairy tale script interceded with pop culture songs and there are lots of kids dancing around dressed as fairies and mice and there's cross-dressing which is why I was playing the prince if you're the prince in these shows you're a woman dressed in like an otherwise princely outfit with like long billowing sleeves and a waistcoat (laughs) but also short shorts and fishnets (laughs) I was uh 15 (laughs) and I nearly choked to death (laughs) playing the stage because because they decided to apply, just just for a dress rehearsal, like little crystals to Snow White's face. So I had to kiss her. I like snuffed up a bunch of crystals. <laughs> and that was my first time doing like the kiss bit as well. Because we, we weren't doing it in rehearsals, uh, usually. And then in the wings, I was just like dying. Very lethal kiss. <laughs> so I want the prince to be fun. Because I had fun playing the prince. Way back when. I was in a stage production of Snow White. Oh yeah, who'd you play? Um, I was one of the trees that grabbed her, and also <laughs> one of the woodland creatures. But I had actual <laughs> lines, I think. Yeah. I think I was a rabbit. I had lines to memorize, so the animals could actually talk in that production. I don't remember if only Snow White could understand the animals or not. But mm. Yeah. I don't know if we had animals, and oh, there would have been kids running around the stage. Yeah, and then uh, like I had this like big furry rabbit suit but also in the first scene had to be a tree and like grab snow white so then they had to put the tree suit like on top of the rabbit suit and i was always just like cooking for the first 10 minutes (laughs) because i was in this like furry snow suit with a tree suit on top of it and I could barely <laughs> see and had to just like grab her and shake her and then I had like a whole bunch of apples that I had to like pelt her with as she <laughs> ran across the stage. That was one of the village pantomimes. I think it might have been the first Cinderella that we did. 
I was just a kid in this one. But, like, one of the main villains in it was a carrot. Like, a human-sized carrot. Because <laughs> someone had basically found a carrot costume that this woman went into. And, like, the main characters were sneaking around, hiding. And then this cow- carrot would, like, creep along behind them. And the audience were encouraged to be like, Watch out, there's a carrot! <laughs> <laughs> Great fun. Good fun. Great fun. I was in a version of um, Three Little Pigs at school. Which was in uh, French. It was a French play, and I was one of the pigs. And the um, gimmick that we had was that we'd be in our little houses made of cardboard boxes. The wolf would come and eat us, and we would sort of go down into the um, the trap door of the mm-hmm. stage uh, and look like we were being pulled down. And we'd throw <laughs> pork cutlets that had been wrapped in cling film. We'd like chuck them out of the houses <laughs> towards the audience. <laughs> It's like, yep, this is us now. We're cling film pork. <laughs> it's funny because you can see the pig's hands go like over the boxes. <laughs> much, much fun to be had during fairy tales if you do it right. I also did the three little pigs in French. Huh. Weird. Which, were you a pig? I was a pig. Which pig were you? I was a pig too. I think I was pig three. Ah, the smart pig yeah. that doesn't get turned into cling film yeah. pork. Um, who's the hero of Snow White, Shannon? I think it's gotta be the Huntsman. Yeah. He's the uh, the only person who makes a choice. I think the animals. Just the animals as one collective. Okay. Um, Um, a villain. I think the villain is... The writer's room. I I was gonna say the concept of making runtime for feature length. Yeah. Like, really, it's studio pressure for an hour and a half to be what a feature is because there's so much filler in this movie that I think if it had been pared down to like a tight half hour would have been great yeah because some of these early Disney movies are like pure arts not Mm -hmm. to be wanky but I think Bambi yeah there's a lot of like detail and like the April shower song is there's a whole song where it just rains on animals Mm -hmm. but it's cute it's really cute, mm-hmm. and it shows the changing of the seasons, and the scenery is beautiful, and it doesn't feel like I'm wasting time. Yeah. But Snow White felt a lot like we were wasting time a lot. Yeah. And I think the, like, padding out the runtime is the real villain of this movie. I, I wholeheartedly agree, Shannon. <laughs> Alright, is this... <laughs> Shannon, do you think this movie is cursed? <laughs> Blessed? I think this movie is cursed. Um, I was very bored watching it. I was upset. I wasn't engaged. Mm -hmm. Yeah, I think it's cursed. What do you think? Cursed, because I was sat there wishing I was watching Cats again. But Okay, just for the record, dear listeners, the last thing I did with my time in 2019 was watch Cats. That was the last thing I did. And that'll be the first movie I see in theaters in 2020. That's right, folks. Next week <laughs> is the episode you've all been waiting for. <laughs> and no, it's not it, too. Um, We're going to the Omni Center. We're going to watch Cats. Jellical Cats, come out tonight. Jellical Cats, come on, come on. Jellical Moon is shining bright. Elise and Shannon go to the Jellical Ball. I'll never be the same again. I'm not the same. Oh my god, I cannot wait. I cannot wait. I've been talking about cats since August? <laughs> July? Earlier. When did they announce Whenever they, they dropped cats? the first trailer. It's been in my mind. And I've been trying to push Shannon to see it and you've been resistant. And then I went to see it on New Year's Eve and it changed me. I love a good disturbing movie, but I felt squirmish the whole time I was watching it. It just didn't sit right with me. I had this weird feeling in my gut that just hasn't dissipated since. And I'm voluntarily about to put myself through the same thing. <laughs> so, tune in next time, Tune folks. in next time. In the meantime, if you want to catch up on some Cursed or Blurst content, if you're a first-time listener, I don't know why you would be, but hello. Um... <laughs> <laughs> or if you're a long-time listener, like any of our friends, cousins, or Niall Horan from One Direction, <laughs> the content is available. Come and find us on wherever you retrieve your podcasts. And I'm not even going to list places now, because it turns out when you put it on a particular website, it's just available anywhere. So we're on 
all of the places you can get podcasts. Don't quote me on that. We're not on SoundCloud. Um, but I, I personally like Spotify. You can find us real easy on there. We're also on Apple Podcasts. I think some sort of Amazon-related thing. Uh, we have an Instagram account that we're going to dust off to post lots of memes. Mm-hmm. Uh, Cursed or Blurst. And, um, yeah, just, just search Cursed or Blurst podcast in, in the Google, and we'll be there. And there was something else. Oh, yes. If you like music, we made some smashing playlists. We worked really hard on these. We did. We spent a whole ass evening doing it. Um, we did our we did three playlists for the last decade. Um, now that's what I call blessed. Now that's what I call blurst. And now that's what I call cursed of some of the top music from the last ten years. I may or may not have put the entire discography of Jesse J on the cursed playlist. <laughs> We had a great time. So you can find that by searching Now That's What I Call Cursed, Blurst or Blessed into Spotify. You can find it following links in our Instagram account. Or you could just search my name and find my personal account on Spotify, which is Elise Galois. Mm-hmm. Uh, E-L-I-C-G-A-L-L-O-I-S. If you like the playlist, let us know. Uh, shout out to all the Capricorns. <laughs> Sweet dreams, children. Bye. Bye.